This is the Martin Luther Sermon Podcast, and this is Martin Luther's Sermon on the Text, Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37, uh, preached on the 12th Sunday after the Feast of the Holy Trinity. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. For more information about the Luther Sermon Podcast, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. This sermon is from Luther's House Postal. I'm reading from a translation published by J.A. Schulze, publisher in Columbus, Ohio in 1884, a text and translation that's in in the public domain. First, the gospel reading, Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his finger, fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak." So far the text. Luther's Sermon. This is a simple gospel and easily understood because it merely describes the miracle which the Lord performed on a man who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. Concerning such miracles, you have occasion to hear often during the year that Christ shows by them that he is the Savior who is willing to help us against the wrath of the devil. And we have a special reason to thank God for having sent us one who out of great mercy will assist us against all which the devil can do against us. The fact that the man here spoken of was so injured that he could neither hear nor speak like other men shows us that he had been afflicted by the devil. Before the world it might have the appearance and everyone may think that s such infirmities are natural because they do not know the devil, that he causes various injuries, making people wild and foolish and abusing them in every way possible not only in regard to the body, but also the soul, so that one may die from the effects of anguish and sadness, not being able to have a moment of joy. We Christians should have it understood that such ailments and infirmities are nothing else than the blows of the devil who causes all kinds of misery upon earth and is doing mischief wherever he can. Hence we have reason to thank our dear Heavenly Father that he has taken pity on us in our misery and has sent his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to help this poor man and to preserve us from plagues of this kind by which our enemy tries to injure us. For everyone who has sound eyes, ears, hands, feet, and other members should remember that they are not so by nature or by chance, as the world seems to think, but that they are gracious gifts of God. But because the world does not believe this, considering such gifts common and natural things, therefore God sometimes permits the devil to make one deaf and dumb and another blind or even to kill him, in order that everyone may see that God has given permission to the devil thus to do, and be encouraged diligently to thank God for having preserved us from such troubles. So it is the work of the devil also to blindfold the people by erroneous and false doctrine, so that they are not able to perceive and accept the truth. All the works of God are good, for he himself is good and can do nothing but what is good. The devil, on the contrary, is evil. Therefore, whenever God permits him, he will do mischief. A tree may bear good and beautiful apples, but when the insects come and sting the fruit, it will necessarily become wormy and spoiled. Such is not the fault of God who has made the tree good, neither is it, is it the fault of the tree or the fruit, but of the worms and insects. 
This is the case also with us. God is a God of life. Therefore, he gives a sound body and sound and useful members. But whenever the devil is permitted to do so, he will injure the body and do a great deal of harm. Therefore, we should learn to understand when we are attacked by such maladies that they are darts of the devil, who is a bitter enemy of all men, especially of Christians, and that he is envious of all good. It is indeed terrible that this wicked and powerful enemy should cause so much misery. Against all this, we are confronted by our text, which recommends to us the sure help against such an enemy. St. John tells us, 1 John 3, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil entered paradise to destroy the work of God and to change the holy and pious persons, Adam and Eve, into disobedient and wicked persons. This God could not endure, but thought of taking revenge upon his enemy. Therefore, he restores that which was destroyed by Satan. He also destroys the work of the devil, such as sin, death, and hell. This we see also in the text, according to which he loosens the tongue which the devil had tied and opens the ear which he had closed. Christ came to perform this work and carries it out among his Christians, as you will learn further on. This may suffice about the miracle and work of our Lord Jesus, in which he has manifested himself today, according to which he is the help for all suffering people and is willing to heal all maladies inflicted by the devil and to defend us against him. The Lord also wants to teach us by this miracle that two things especially belong to a Christian, namely that his ears must be opened and his tongue be loosed, and that he himself will perform this work daily in his church in opposition to the devil. The bodily blessing of sound ears and tongue he also bestows upon the heathens, whilst the spiritual blessing of the opening the ears and loosing the tongue is bestowed only upon Christians. For it is certain that we have our salvation by the word of God alone. What would we know about God, about the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice, and about the Holy Ghost without that word? The greatest miracle and blessing even today is enjoyed when God gives us ears which like to hear his word and tongues which do not blaspheme but honor God. Our opponents, the papists, are a thousand times more miserable than the dumb person in our text. Their ears are altogether deaf. And though they hear the word of God, yet they cannot and will not hear it, just as we observe this in the unbelieving Jews. When our Lord Jesus preached unto them the most beautiful sermons about forgiveness of sins and eternal life, they became foolish and enraged and did not merely refuse to hear, but began even to blaspheme. This is the case with all who do not want to hear the word of God. They are deaf and dumb and more miserable than the man spoken of in our text. They seem to have no other use for their tongues than to blaspheme God and to revile his word, which is the highest treasure, whilst those who love to hear the word of God and to whom the Savior repeats the words spoken to the deaf and dumb, ephaphatha, that is, be opened, are really delivered from the devil. For God has given us no other way upon which we might go to heaven except his blessed word, the Holy Gospel. Whoever loves to hear it, pays strict attention to it, and finds his delight in it, receives deliverance. This is a miracle which is performed in the church daily, that our ears, which the devil had closed by sin, are opened again by the word, so that we may hear the word of God. The other work of the Lord is that he teaches our tongues and causes us to speak aright, as St. Paul says, Romans 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. By faith in Christ Jesus we obtain forgiveness of sins. Then we are not dumb, but make confession, speaking as we believe. This makes a Christian, which is not done by any other work. It may be that a monk fasts, watches, and does violence to his body more than a Christian, but by so doing he cannot become a Christian. He is still deaf and dumb. He will not hear the word, much less will he confess it. 
A Christian, however, will hear, believe, and confess it. These two things make a Christian. Our dear Lord Jesus Christ thus still performs such a work or miracle in the church every day by his spirit and word, which work he then performed on the body of the deaf and dumb in order to prove that he could and would deliver us from all infirmities caused by the devil and especially from spiritual infirmities to the end that we might believe in him and base all our hopes upon him. Now we should also learn to understand the meaning of the ceremonies which Christ here employs. The people bring the poor man, beseeching him to put his hand upon him. He at once took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. Afterward, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. Our Lord's action in performing this miracle is indeed peculiar. As we have heard what it is to be deaf and dumb, we all have to see also why the Lord employed peculiar ceremonies in performing this miracle, which he might have accomplished by a single word. For we see in the gospel, from beginning to end, that all needs all he needs to use is a word. Whatever he wills is done. The, the Lord here employs so much ceremony for the sake of the spiritual miracles. He would thereby show how much is required to make the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Lazarus he raised from the dead by a word. To the man sick of the palsy he said, Arise and walk, and he was well at once. But in the case of this person, who was deaf, he had an impediment in his speech. He does not perform the miracle at once by a word, but proceeds slowly and with many ceremonies. He put his finger into his ears, spit and touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven he sighed and said finally, Be opened. All this he does in order to teach us how we may be delivered from the bondage of the devil and how our ears may be opened and our tongues be loosed, namely, by the external word or the office of the ministry and by external signs. First of all, we must hear the word and afterward not neglect the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, for then the Holy Spirit will employ these means and restore both the ears and the tongue. Let everyone therefore beware of the errorist who despise the external word and sacrament and wait for God to speak in their hearts. No, says Christ, here is my finger, the external word, which must sound in the ear. Here is my spittle, which must touch and moisten the tongue. By this only my work will be done and prosper. Wherever the external word is right and employed, we surely find Christians. And wherever it is not rightly used, we find none. For as is the shepherd, so are the sheep. Let everyone therefore pursue this way and love to hear the word. For God will not manifest himself in your hearts without the word. If you are to see and know him at all, it must be done by the word and sacraments only. Apart from these means, the Holy Ghost will accomplish nothing in your behalf. Thus God has declared from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, him ye shall hear. And again he commands his disciples, saying, Go ye unto all the world, and teach and baptize all nations. And again, he that heareth you heareth me. In these words, our dear Lord Jesus has commanded us to preach the gospel and to baptize. This is the true way to be saved. All others are vain and useless. He that heareth you, says he, heareth me. Beside the ministry of the gospel, God has also appointed father and mother, master and mistress in the family, and the civil authorities in the state. This office they hold, not on their own account, but in the place of God himself. You therefore ought to hear them in all things pertaining to external life and all your conduct towards others, being assured that when you hear them, you hear God himself, except when they abuse their office and command and require anything contrary to the word. In this case, you must not hear them, for we must obey God rather than men. 
First, as we have said, you are to hear God in the church by his servants, then father and mother and civil magistrates. Whatever they tell you officially, God himself tells you. Therefore hear and obey. If God would himself preach in a church, though it were at a distance of a hundred miles, all would want to go there and hear the voice of God. But our Lord God says, I will make it more convenient for you. You do not need to go so far. Only hear your pastor, your father, and your mother, and you hear me. They are my disciples and officials. Whenever you hear them, I will speak unto you, your souls, as I spoke to the deaf man, saying, Hephaphatha. And your ears shall be opened and your tongue loosed, and you shall at once be a hearing and speaking man, no longer deaf and dumb as before. But how do we find it? Parents and superiors may preach and teach what they please. The children and domestics will not listen, nor do anything that is required unless they are compelled. Thus a civil government may also require what it pleases. Scarcely in a hundred will uh, seek to comply with the command. This is the case especially now when on account of the great danger which is threatening Germany, the need is great that we should repent and be pious, adhere to God's word, and avoid giving offense to which Christian governments faithfully admonish. This, however, is very hard to accomplish. It appears as though the world were intentionally becoming a more, more wicked than it was before we had the word. As in the family and in civil government, so also it is in the church. There are very few who, in sincerity, listen to the preaching of the gospel and open their ears as they should. Most of men in cities and in the country are enemies of the servants of the, of the church, and if they could do them great harm, give them nothing but take away from them, they would gladly do it, as we, alas, observe everywhere. And because God, who speaks through father and mother, the civil government and the servants of the church, is not heard, it will follow as a punishment that the devil will more and more close the ear and bind and make heavy the tongue, so that God's word is not heard nor talked about. On the other hand, the devil opens the ears, so that his lies, heresies, false doctrines, licentiousness, and such are heard, uh, heard gladly, and unbinds the tongue so that God is blasphemed and every person is offended. When the word of God is despised, such reward usually follows, and the people get no more than their due, because they desire to have it thus. Besides this, temporal plagues will also follow, such as pestilence, war, the Turks, and other calamities, by which wicked people are punished as they have deserved, as we have already occasion to see. May God help us to repent and become more pious. This is the reason why the Lord looks up to heaven, sighs, and says, deeply moved, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. It grieves him that people not want, do not want to be helped, that they are hastening to their own destruction, and that they compel God to punish them, although he would like to help them and to deliver them from the bondage of the devil by his word. Let us therefore take heart, take to heart this miracle, and follow the examples of those who praised the Lord Jesus, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. This he continues to do, as we have said, in his church, by his finger and spittle, that is, by the external word which is preached at his command, and by which the ear of the deaf are opened, and the tongues of the dumb are made to speak. By these means and by nothing else does the Holy Ghost accomplish his work in us. Then mark this, and pay the greater attention to this word. This is the nearest and surest way to have your ears opened, and your tongue loosed, and to be saved. May our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, grant it. Amen. This has been Pastor Martin Luther's sermon on the text, Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37, the healing of the deaf 
and Dom Mann preached on the 12th Sunday after the Feast of Holy Trinity. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church. For more Luther sermons and for more information about the Luther Sermon Podcast, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org.